This is The Culture. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Wave Podcast. My name is Darian Scalamoni. I am joined, as always, by Liz Seiko. Hello. And today we're going to be covering uh, our most anticipated releases for the remainder of 2023 in film. But before we do that, please be sure to share this video if you like our content. It also helps a ton if you guys comment and throw us a like. Our subscriber numbers are continuing to grow, so if you want to be a part of the culture, be sure to hit the bell for alerts and subscribe for more content. Uh, lots to talk about now, before we jump into what we are anticipating, just a reminder, some of the things, some of the films that are not on this list that we're really, we were really excited for things like Dune part two, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, and rightfully so have been moved because of the ongoing writers and, uh, screen actors guild strike. So we support them and all their striking and hopefully we get to see those movies soon, but they're not going to lo- be on the list. We're looking forward to Yeah, them, we're definitely but, looking yeah. forward to them, but. They're not coming out in 2023. The films that we're going to talk about today, as of right now, are still coming out in 2023. So yes, again, they could whenever, move. yeah, we don't know, but for right now, we're pumped and ready for this. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to get us started with um, a film that has been in the works for a little while, and it features um, an actor who we haven't seen in a while, as well as a filmmaker that is well stored in his own right, and that is The Killer. Um, which stars Michael Fassbender and is directed by David Fincher. I think in general, just the two of these guys teaming together for a film is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fincher is one of my favorite filmmakers. Again, if you guys haven't watched our top 50 list, um, Social Network is personally my favorite movie of all time. So anytime there's a new Fincher, I get really excited for it. And Fassbender is an actor that's so interesting to me and he's able to do so much, but I feel like he's I don't know if that his agent wasn't making the right decisions for him, <laughs> but he hasn't been involved in a lot recently. And being uh, the headliner of a Fincher movie is is really exciting to me. So yeah. I don't know how you feel about that that movie in particular. Um, I'll be honest. I actually have not heard anything about this movie until you told it. You brought it up a minute ago. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, I guess my question for you is like what specifically, obviously those two individuals make this movie, make you excited about this movie. But what about like the script or like the trailer that you saw caught your attention? So I haven't seen the teaser actually came out the day we're recording this. I actually haven't even had a chance to watch it yet. It's a short teaser, though. Mm. The full length trailer, I think, is coming out next week. Okay. But again, the teaming of those two, but also Tilda Swinton is also in this film, who I think is just like she can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Like everything she's ever been in has been good. Um, But him playing an assassin, too. It reminds me of something along the lines of like a modern Leon the Professional okay. or something. Maybe. Did you ever see a You Were Never Really Here? With Joaquin Phoenix? No. I'm trying to remember who directed that. But that was... uh, It it reminds me a little bit of that based on the premise and kind of just being a star vehicle for Fassbender. Now, I don't know if this is going to be an awards darling Mm, because it seems like it might be the fair that the Academy kind of shies away from. Um, Plus, it's coming out on Netflix. Yeah, it is. So, it is a Netflix movie. But again, Fincher's done a lot with Netflix. Um, Did you watch Mindhunter? Mm -mm. Mindhunter is fantastic. Well, he did Mindhunter on Netflix. He did Mank, and that got that got some critical acclaim. Okay. Um. So it's not to say that it definitely won't get any award consideration, but in my personal opinion, I just don't think it's something that the Academy really goes for. Yeah. Um. But it comes out in November again. Fastbender playing an assassin, and just the teaming of the those two talents to me is very intriguing. It's something that, uh, I think Fastbender needs a big role. I mm-hmm. think he needs something to kind of put him back on the map, just to sh- like not to. Sh- Everyone knows he's a great actor, but again, he's just kind of been in the dark recently. And he has this. He also has Taika Waititi's um, Next Goal Wins coming out as well. So, yeah. and complete opposite roles. So, I think it could be a really interesting 
remainder of the year for Fassbender. And again, I'm just a fan of, of Fincher's films in general. How do you feel about Fincher's movies? Um, I like them. They're never really my go-to, though. It's okay. never like, oh my god, I'm dying to see that. But like, I appreciate them, and I always think that they're solid films. Like, I know I don't really have any like complaints. They're okay. usually just not what I'm drawn to. All right, that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right, give me one on your list. Well, I'm gonna take a complete turn, and one that I'm really hyped about is um, Priscilla with Sofia Coppola, obviously. Um, that. I think the re- I mean I love Sofia Coppola actually I love all of her stuff I know some people think some of her films are a little bit more nuanced and not really mainstream but I like that because I feel like she has really good taste and she knows how to do set design really well and how to come at something from a different point of view which is why I'm excited to see this story because after Elvis the, I did not really love that movie. Um, so I'm excited to see it through a different lens and also from a different point of view from Priscilla, who obviously married Elvis, because I don't actually think her story has been told yet. So I'm really excited to see um, how Sophia does it. And I think the casting's pretty good. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't actually recognize the girl who is playing Priscilla. Kaylee Spaney. Mm-hmm. I don't. Let me pull up her. Her. I think she was in the craft. Legacy? I was gonna say, I thought she was in Pacific Rim, but maybe I'm. Oh, she's she in was, the second she, Pacific she is, Rim, which I've never seen. That I haven't either, but, but I just remember her from being in that film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is huge for her as an actress. Like, good for her. I think this is really gonna jumpstart her career, especially if she can um, give a grounded performance and something that's real and honest, um, and that gives kind of a homage to Priscilla. Do you have any interest in this movie? Do you are you excited? How are you feeling? About I have it? a little interest in this movie. I think that I agree with you. I don't think Elvis was the greatest feature no, film that came out no, last year. Was... Um and I remember before we even uh started doing recordings together, we did a little preview of the Oscars and we were talking about how we were enamored by Austin Butler's performance, but everything else just didn't really sit well with I us. I keep saying lo- it. Tom Hanks ruined that yeah. movie. Tom Hanks was a big part of why I didn't enjoy that movie. But um, Jacob Elordi playing Elvis to me from the beginning, even hearing it just didn't s- sound right like to it? me. You don't no, like I it? don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I can't separate. The only thing I've seen him in so far in his career is Euphoria. And he plays like a complete douchebag in it and not that elvis is not a douchebag we've seen that he's gone through his string of douchebaggery uh rest in peace elvis Elvis. but um (laughs) but i think i think that uh he's too like and this is probably gonna sound wrong but he seems like too pretty for elvis which again elvis is like Elvis was beautiful though when he was no i don't mean i don't mean like that i mean like pretty boy like it's not like elvis wasn't a pretty boy he was a man and like okay but so and i feel like sophia might go into this a little bit is that flip it anytime it's a biopic of like the male Mm -hmm. figure they don't really care about who the wife is playing as long as it's a pretty person okay so point. for here, it's it's Priscilla's. It is Priscilla's story, bio, which I think Priscilla's story. They just want somebody good looking to be on her side. No, I I totally understand, and I I respect the fact that I think that's why I might be more interested in it because it's from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Like if this was an Elvis movie with him at the front, I'd be like, I don't know. I about like this. it though because okay, it's not like a oh, you have to be Elvis and like embody him like Austin Butler did. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be much more of like a 
grounded, let's look at their relationship rather than his stardom. Okay. Well, I, I, I agree. I definitely agree with you because, and I do think, especially based on, now I've only seen uh, Lost in Translation okay. from Sofia Coppola, which I absolutely loved. And I love the way she was able to direct Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson together in their relationship in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I think this is going to be handling more of the relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Priscilla met Elvis when she was a ve- she was very very young. Yeah, I don't remember how old she so, was. So uh, I think she was a teenager, but I don't remember yeah. if she was like fourteen, if she was sixteen, seventeen, however old. I think that that is going to be a dynamic that could really play well to Sofia Coppola's mm-hmm. talents. So I'm interested to see that part of it. Um, but I don't know. There, there's it's it's not at the top of my list. It's something okay. that I'm interested in seeing, but it wouldn't be one of the top ones for me for I'll the rest of the year. I'll respect it. I think it's going to be good. I'm sure it will be good. All right. What's your next one? Uh, my next one is a movie that is kind of getting controversy recently because of a prosthetic nose. But um, Wait, what? Have you not heard this? No. What are you talking about? <clears throat> All right. So the movie is Maestro. If you guys don't know what I'm oh, referring to. Oh, I, wait, I haven't heard any of this controversy, Oh, my though. goodness. Should we dive deep into this? I think you need to. All right. So- Okay, the well, film- wait. So, yeah, talk about Maestro first. Obviously, I know about the movie. Okay, I'm, so the it's film on my is, list. I'm excited to see. Yeah, it. so this movie originally was supposed to be made a long time ago. With Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct it, and I think there have been multiple people up for the role. Leo at one point was up for it. Uh, Spielberg is still producing. Mm-hmm. I think Scorsese is also a producer is, on this. Yeah, uh, and it is uh, written, directed, and starring Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein, who's like the iconic uh, composer. Yep. Um, and he is a Jewish man. Mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper is not Jewish. And they said that they accentuated a prosthetic nose. Oh, okay. And there were a lot of anti-Semitic comments that people yeah. were like saying or saying that he it could have been taken as like like Jew hating or things like that. Got it. Basically. Um, I have not seen any of Leonard that. Bernstein's family has come out and said that they are in support of him in the role and oh, okay. whatever. So and so I think everything is all good with it. <laughs> okay. But it was a movie that was hot in controversy for Got a couple it. weeks. Got it. It was getting the Twitter. It was. The Twitter once the trailer once okay. the trailer came out, um, there was a little bit of controversy in it. I will say, when I watched the trailer, I was kind of like, wait, who is this for a second? And then I was like, oh my God, this is Bradley Cooper? So wait, what? I remember months back seeing on-set photos of when um, Bradley Cooper is playing Bernstein later in life. Mm-hmm. So he's got gray hair yep. and he's stressed out and trying to put together um, – uh, a piece of music or whatever he's doing it might have been a stage show mm-hmm. but uh i was like that looks nothing like bradley cooper so i thought the makeup and the hair department like it looks like they're great. doing their job um but in terms of again bradley cooper in is one of my favorite just creative talents in general mm-hmm. in hollywood so anything that he touches i am at least somewhat intrigued by uh and i think there's a lot of anticipation for what his follow-up is going to be which this is for a star is born now um so i think that coupled with i mean again the the production teams involved and and people like spielberg and scorsese still wanted to be attached and respecting bradley he, cooper's directing, craft no i think it's interesting though that he's directing while leading again yeah like i wonder if that's just something that he feels he like i think i guess i wonder if it helps him direct if he's in the headspace of one of the characters because i feel like there's a starting to be a repetition of like him being like i want to be in the film as well as directing i totally i think that once we get past this one if it happens 
three films in then a row, it's then like, it's like, all right, Bradley, what are we doing here? What are we doing? But because like, I know even this film, like, again, he wasn't in consideration for this role. And the, the film yeah. kind of fell into his lap, I think. And I, I think if the story goes the way I'm thinking, I think Spielberg kind of brought it to him. And he was like, hey, I, I'm not going to have time for this before mm-hmm. I'm done. So, like, if you want to handle this and he had total respect for the script and um, I don't know, I, I think it's another Netflix movie. Which I think is interesting. Netflix is trying to scoop up all. They're I know, still trying. They're to, trying to get in the Oscar mm, world. They exactly. really are. They're going hard for it. They've been nominated um, a bunch of times. Haven't won yet. So. I mean, I loved the trailer. I did too. I thought it was very. Uh, I think it was really well done because it didn't show too much and let you keep like you kind of got the tone already of like mm-hmm. ooh okay it's kind of kind of be um, a little bit of a romance but then also just like actually telling the story of this person yeah i think it's a really tender and heightened version of the relationship that he has with um his wife um who's played by carrie mulligan in this yeah. who i also love i know me too i think she's so underrated but they are also saying that's a musical i definitely think there's going to be musical elements maybe similar to star is born which i think might be why he felt he comfortable tackling it. this coming off of a project as big as the star is born was. but then do we hope that he does something completely different after this Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? I because hope. if he does a third musical romance, I'm going to be like, all right. No, I want to see Bradley Cooper do something in like the vein of, and maybe this is just on the top of my head because Carrie Mulligan, but I want to see him do something like Drive. I want to see him do something like gritty. Wow. And like, I okay. think that would be a really cool turn See, for I want to see him go kind of comedic. Okay. Like, give us another like different type of hangover. Interesting. You know? Okay. <laughs> go back to his roots a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be an interesting take to sh- and shift Can from direction. He goes back. He like he just up does like a and Adam Sandler like doing like some like that would be fun. Come on, I want to see Bradley Cooper directed by the Safties. No. That would be good. That would be so fun. Okay. Anyway, all right, well. let's move on. It's your turn. Give me another one. Um. Uh. Okay, I'm gonna go to one that has. I, I'm pretty sure it's an indie film that's been getting a lot of uh, hype and news. Anatomy of a Fall. Um. It is a French film that it's a French French thriller film that talks about a writer trying to prove her innocence in her husband's death. Dun dun dun. Yeah, give me give me a little more on this because I don't know a crazy amount. I know that it so it won the uh the grand prize at Cannes earlier in the year. So yes. Um honestly, I don't know too much about it besides I watched the trailer and I thought it was really, really good. And I'm I love I love it. <laughs> why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? It's fine, you because I was like, I don't know too much about it. Um, no, it just looks good. I don't know too much about it, but like the filming or the who is the producer on it. But so far, it has a ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, okay, which is pretty high. Long movie, long, yeah, so two and, long and a half movie. hours, seven point eight on IMDb. Um, but. The trailer looks really good. I'm a big thriller person, and I can usually tell right away in a trailer if... You know what I don't like is when trailers for thrillers show you everything, because then it's like, okay, I don't need to see this. This did not show me everything, and I was kind of like, okay, there's definitely going to be more, obviously, because it's a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Also, they're not going to show everything in the trailer, Um, but I liked it. Uh, I also... I. I, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> okay. I haven't watched the trailer yet, so I can't comment on it. Uh, I do remember uh, this film going around all the trades and everything yeah. when Khan was happening. And a lot of people really love this film. 
Um, and a lot of the critics that I, I like to read up on that I trust. We're talking about we're it. talking about this film in, in really high regard. So I I I like crime movies a lot too. Mm-hmm. It's probably like one of my favorite genres or subgenres, however you want to categorize it. Yep. Um so I'll probably give it a shot. I mean, something that's like that highly rated too, and I want to start watching more international fare. This seems like something that might be at the even at the end of the year, this could be something that's on the um a lot of top ten lists. I was gonna say, I think that this could sweep in a little bit in the awards season also because it's not a huge budget it was 6.2 million um which i feel like for a two and a half hour movie that's pretty low um but yeah so i'm looking forward to it i'm lo- I'm looking up the director right now uh so the director her name is justine charette and she is french she has she's done a few things um mostly this definitely seems like this is her biggest thing her biggest thing but she's it looks like she's done three other features before this one but this is her highest rated so far so excited and i hope it does well okay my next one is one that we talked about a little bit off camera that i really wanted to shock you in terms of the uh the premise because you didn't know what this was hit me with so uh right before um uh, we're big. We're big A twenty four fans. If you guys didn't already know that, here Huge. at uh, Culture Wave, and there's an A twenty four dark comedy that is coming out starring everybody's favorite movie star, Nicolas Cage. Wait. Now this shut film, this film. I have not heard a single thing right, about this. So the film is called Dream Scenario. It comes out November tenth, and I'm just gonna read you the premise. Okay. And then you're gonna completely understand why this should be at everybody's I won't ask top of their list for the most anticipated film. Nicholas Cage is back with a dark comedy from A24 about a teacher whose life turns upside down when he starts to appear in millions of strangers dreams. Balding Nicholas Cage losing his mind with Noah Centineo, Adam Sandler, and Michael Sarah. Get out. This Get could be out. The so this is like you do know you, how do you think he Oscar like no I don't you imagine he wins the Oscar I would love for this to be an adaptation situation you know what I mean okay, like okay and the way that he looks it actually reminds me a lot of I gotta look this up one Wait, of his characters of it's called Dream Scenario Dream Scenario so I actually have no idea who's the creative team behind it so let's take a look at that as well um but I think that first of all Nicolas Cage to me is the most interesting human being in our like in this art form right. He is somebody that just doesn't give a shit ever. He'll do anything and everything because he loves movies. Yeah. And this is something that uh, Julianne Nicholson is in this. It's actually described on IMDb as a horror comedy. So we love that. Tim Meadows, Kate Berlant. Like, so I think, I think Sandler might have just like a cameo in this. Um, But like, there's something just about the premise of that. Like, it, it's very being John Malkovichy, which okay. I also really appreciate, it, at least in terms of that's how it sounds based on the premise. And A24, I mean, I can't – this has to be in, like, my top five, top ten anticipated movies at, for the I'm, remainder of the year. I'm still looking at things right now on him. First of all, the picture that they have on IMDb for this film is Nicholas, Nicholas Cage bald and then loser written on the car behind yep. him. I mean, how – like, what more do you need? <laughs> I'm pumped for this movie. How do you feel about it? I mean, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) 
right, I'm, I'm ready for it. it. I think it honestly, I think he could surprise us. Did you watch um what was it, Pig? I love Pig. I think Pig That's is I mean. one of the most underrated movies of the last like ten years. That's what I, like, so great. His performances I think some people have said they're like Nicolas Cage, you don't know what you're getting. You could be getting Oscar-worthy performance or you could be getting, like, the worst of the worst. But I don't even know. You know what's so interesting is, and I hear him, like, when he talks about all his movies and interviews, like, everything. We're talking, like, again, like, amazing art fair, like, festival movies like Pig. Mm -hmm. And then, like, (laughs) movies that are probably called, like, Devil in Your Backyard. Like, random shit. But he's so committed to whatever the movie asks for. Even Mm -hmm. if the movie asks for him to be, like a one-handed pimp that like has to put on like a southern accent he's and ready. have like a peg leg, he's there for yeah. it. Yeah. And that's why I like respect him as an artist cuz I've seen but like I've seen that he is capable of being a great actor, yeah. but he could also do things like like what I was just talking about or things like Face Off, which is like a heightened ridiculous 90s movie with John Travolta, but and like Con Air, like that kind of stuff like I, I don't know, I love him it. him and Tilda almost on like the same realm of each other i like that but tilda i think in her career i think the difference is tilda from the beginning was like i'm gonna go weird and off the wall Mm -hmm. right off the bat to get people knowing that this is my style i feel like nicholas cage went a little bit more like okay let me do like national treasure and like really try to be like a big actor name and then he started going off the wall which made everyone think like oh my god is he losing his mind but really he's just a super creative like artsy guy that's willing to do whatever's given to him yeah i th- I feel like in the beginning of his career he was basically like taking himself too seriously but turning in these mm-hmm. great performances and then like you said with national treasure and then he was doing like that was the one that actually hit but then yeah. he did a lot of other movies that i know like didn't hit like i think he did that cirque de freak which i think was like a weird vampire that movie that he did at, like oh, the end of the oh, 2000s because yeah, 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 they yeah. thought that like it was a ya novel they thought yep. that was gonna hit it didn't and then he was basically just like, you know what? I'm not going to take myself seriously anymore. And he was like, well, take what comes exactly. and see what happens. But could you imagine? Okay, like think of the season that we just had for the Oscars. Where yeah. It's like all these actors that like have had long careers that are finally getting that moment. Can you imagine if Nicolas Cage gets nominated for this? He could. He has an Oscar. I know, but like. No, but I know like at this point, at seeing this something point, like that happen. After it would like be great. his whole career, it would be great. I would love it. Dream scenario. It's Dream on my scenario. list. Dream scenario. So I'm not, it's on mine now. Let's go back to you, Liz. Um, okay, let's talk about... Um, okay, I feel like this was both on ours, okay. um, which is a, a big movie that I think a lot of people are probably excited about, um, Napoleon. I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Yes, Napoleon is also on my list. Napoleon, I think a lot of people... I think this is going to get a lot of people out to the theaters, actually, to go see it. Because not only um, Joaquin Phoenix, obviously, but I think a lot of people will be interested in this story also of Napoleon because I don't really remember a film being made yet about him. Yeah, to if, this extent. If there, if there, ha- if there has been, it it probably wasn't something that is as big or as anticipated as this. Plus, not only Joaquin, the multi-time Oscar winner, but Ridley Scott coming in to direct him again. Yep, directed him for Gladiator. So, I think that. <clears throat> excuse me the combination of the two of them plus just the epic uh like people just again the movie's called napoleon because people know him just by one name yes. right uh so i think that not only that but the production design which it i know great. our producer zach and i have talked a lot about it too like there's so much 
involved in just the scale and the epicness of what this movie can be. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like pairing Joaquin and Vanessa Kirby as well. Do you? Okay. I do. I think that I think that Joaquin is just a I mean, he's an established great a lot of people love yeah, he's him. Great. He's a great actor. Vanessa Kirby, I think, is terrific, and I think she's... that she's just a rising star. So I think that this movie is going to lead. I think it's going to be a really, really big Oscar movie this year. I I'm... think, unless it really surprises everybody in a negative way, I think that this could be one of the films that we see a lot of below the line and above the line uh, nominations for. I'm trying to see if they have out how much it costs to make them. Um, I'm going to anticipate it was at least like. 150 million they have okay so it says napoleon is estimated to be made on a budget of around 130 million i was so close so close um, which makes sense the trailer's to me. great trailer looks great they got a lot going on the costumes look incredible mm-hmm. um design production everything i mean it's looking like they do huge battle scenes too which um i think is needed to tell this story um so, yeah, I think it's going to get a big crowd out in the theaters, actually, because it's also I believe it's coming out around Thanksgiving. Yeah, I believe it comes out November 22nd, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Napoleon is definitely one that I'm, I'm really excited for. And I think it's going to be now again, Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer, two movies that they'll be there at the end of the conversation. They will. But in terms of uh, like, I don't want to say guaranteed like Oscar babies or Oscar um Oscar Beatty, but like Napoleon fits it does. what we can be Unless seeing. Unless it's a total flop. And it could be. And it's just really boring. And really Scott's kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like, like he'll have some really, really, and he's a terrific filmmaker. He's made some of the greatest movies ever, but in recent years, some things don't work as well. So, which I will say the thing that makes me a little like warranted on it is that I feel like, um, they were very hush about this in the beginning of the year. What do you mean? Do you agree? Or do, like, I I feel that this hasn't been talked about as much as um, some other films have been. I think that, I think, well, I think something that might be actually hurting it too is the marketing. Like, how much marketing can they do right now? I mean, the movie's not coming out for another almost, really, like, three months. But yeah. at the same time, like, I think this movie could potentially be affected by not having Joaquin, but at the same time, Joaquin isn't really that kind of guy. He doesn't do. He doesn't do a lot of press. Yeah, no, he doesn't. But I don't know. I think. I think that. I think that Barbie and Oppenheimer have just taken up so much of the realm that it's hard for anything else to well, kind now, of squeak anything through. Anything that does a little bit of marketing, it's like you didn't go to Barbie's extent. Like you're not, exactly you're not going full ball. We, you know, what? I think this is a perfect time to the transition though to a movie that did also have marketing material that mm-hmm. we were disappointed by. You know what I'm referring oh. to. Yes. So one of the movies that I was going to put on my list that was going hard this year was Wonka. And unfortunately, we have taken it off the list because the trailer has wrecked it for me. <laughs> trailer. This movie's going to suck. This movie's going to uh, suck. So now, now, here, no, I, I think it could be good. Probably not, though. But here's the thing. I want to root so badly for Paul King, who directed it. Yeah. You've seen the Paddington films? Yes. One of the greatest franchises to ever live. Oh, I'm not saying that oh, in hyperbole either. Wow. Paddington is fantastic. It is heartwarming and it is amazing. And I stand by all the Paddington stands out there. But Wonka was not it's what he needed. It's really a mess. And not what Timothy Chalamet needed either. I think he's such a talented actor. He's doing so many great. He's having so many great choices. 
for this to be like and Dune is a tentpole too, like it is. Well, that's what I, I think he got. I think he's doing too many big name films, and I think he is too devoted to like Dune right now. That all of a sudden Wonka ended up being a big thing that he couldn't actually invest in. See, I actually think it's the opposite. I think he got so excited by the fact to do. He shot both Dune films back to back. He wanted to do something that was so polar opposite of how serious. Because now, yes, Dune is a franchise, mm-hmm. but he's being directed by Denis, and it's a film that is like very dark. And it's it's basically it's it's what Star Wars was inspired by, but yes. it's a way darker concept and a way darker. Which tone. Dune totally would have made it on my list, but it's not coming out now. In yeah, but I think Wonka. He was like, I need to go like bubbly, and I need to <sighs> go fruity, and I need to sing, and I need to wear a top hat, and I need to talk to Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa, and it it's not gonna work. No, I just don't think it's gonna work. I just also think if okay, because a lot of a lot of things I saw was okay. We're doing a new Wonka. Like, give us a whole new take on it. Don't make it the same uh, films that we've already had. And this, to me, it just feels kind of stale. Like, we've already seen this version of Willy Wonka, and it's not anything new. Um, I also think, I think it's going to be the worst Wonka. I think the last... I think so, too. I do. I don't think it's going to do well. I think that they should have left Willy Wonka alone. I mean, they tried it. They tried it with Depp. I mean, do you think it's going to do well with, like, families and kids? I think it definitely could. I, I, I definitely, I don't know if, like, critically I could see it not doing well, but I think. I think it'll do horribly. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll do well. But I think commercially there's still, there's still room for it to, especially because it's it's slated to come out, I think, like Christmas week. So yes. it's a movie that I could definitely see families going on to see it. There's another film that just barely missed my list that's called Wish, which is an animated Disney movie that apparently looks great. That comes out the same weekend, though. So, you know, it's a competitive weekend. Like there's, and I think Aquaman is still coming out. Aquaman two, so there's 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 gonna be a lot to see around I just Christmas. See it being but a loss. I don't think it's gonna do well. I think. Um, I wonder how much that movie cost to make. It's gotta. It must have been up there. To me, all right. It gave me the same vibes as The Greatest Showman. I've said that a few times now, um, but I just don't see it. It doesn't look like anything new. Doesn't look like a fresh take on anything. So it's like, why did you remake it? I think there's so many. Oh, there's so many great people in it too. Why not? Chalamet, uh, Sally Hawkins, Rowan Atkinson, Olivia Coleman. Like Olivia Coleman is in this. No, but I think she just took it as a paycheck. You're maybe not wrong. I know the movie cost 125 million to make. I think it might make its budget back. No, I don't think so. All right, I'll take that bet. I don't think so. Like I, there, uh, I maybe I won't watch it. Okay, maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> no one's forcing you to watch it Liz. they're not getting my like $25 <laughs> oh boy alright let's move on walk in and make our list okay, well, for obvious reasons for, what do you have so uh, this is a complete left turn <laughs> please get us alright so uh, the movie I had on my list that I, I don't think was on your list and again as many people on here know I'm very biased towards wrestling but it's called The Iron Claw mm-hmm. it's an indie um, and it's about uh, the true story about the Von Erich brothers. It's a family of uh, wrestlers that were all brothers. Um, and they had an, an amazing history in the 80s in professional wrestling. But like there's a lot of tragedy in their story where a lot of them died at young ages. A lot of mm. them died for a bunch of different things. But the three leads, <coughs> excuse me, They're big in names. this film, it's a it's Zac Efron, who I'm interested to see how we could do with material that I know is going to be 
one of the darker things he's ever done. He's going to kill it. I think he could do good. He's going to do great. I do, he looks, he's like in wrestler shape, which he's I really appreciate. He's ready for this. <coughs> uh, Jeremy. Well, he's not a kid. He's not like a teenager boy anymore. No, he's, know? I mean, I think, I think he takes himself seriously as an actor sometimes too. Like for sure. He's worked with a lot of great filmmakers. Uh, Sean Durkin did direct this, who I don't think I've actually seen any of his films. Uh, but I know that, um, the one indie that he had done that I've heard a lot of really great things about that still has, unfortunately, um, it's still on my watch list is Martha, Marcy May Marlene. Have you ever seen that? No. I it's uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And that was a big festival movie when it came out in the early 2010s. Uh, Sarah Paulson was also in it, John Hawks. And then um, he followed that up with The Nest, which was another indie uh, with was with uh, Jude Law and Carrie mm. Coon. So this is kind of the biggest thing he's ever done because it's covering a story that at least in sports history people are aware of. Um, but the three main brothers in it, Kevin Von Erich, Kerry Von Erich, and David Von Erich, like we said, Zach Efron, uh, Harris Dickinson, as well as Jeremy Allen White, who is, the bear. is coming off the and bear. And shameless. And shameless. But the bear has now, I think, even gotten him into a different level of stardom. I think so, too. And this is going to be the first thing we see him in that is not the bear. Yeah. So, Which people have said about the bear, it's very similar to his character in Shameless. So I think this will be really interesting to see him not on a television show and not as a Chicago trying to get by character. Yeah, this is this is going to be a much more serious. Like, I don't think there's going to be much comedy in this at all. I think, it's like I said, it's going to be a very dark. And, it, it's If it's done the way that I'm hoping it is, I think it's going to be in the vein of like a fox catcher. And that's the nice. way it really should be handled because of the the history of the family and the, the unfortunate tragedies that have happened. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to dive too much into that because I want to leave it. I, everyone I think should see this movie. Yeah. Cause I don't know the story at all really yeah. about them. So don't do your research, watch the movie and just, and I see won't it even that watch way. the trailer. Don't watch the trailer. Um, also a 24. Also a 24 Lily James also with a supporting role, Maura Tierney, Holt McCallany. So it's a great cast. When's this coming out? This comes know? out, I believe. Um, I think yes, the same same day as Wonka. Wow! So this again, like add, you know what? It's I'm gonna big, give all my money to this one. I might see this movie four times before I see Wonka <laughs> once. Absolutely. Should we do a double viewing. So Wa- start with Wonka. We still love you, Timothy Chalamet. No, are please. you kidding me? I'm a Timothy Chalamet. Timmy, come love on the podcast. You. We love you. Just don't make another mistake like Wonka don't, ever again. Don't. Otherwise, unfollowing you on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Next up, what else do we got for you? There's there's a there's a big sequel coming out, a big fat sequel coming out that I think you really want to talk about. Okay. This is this is what everybody should be seeing and talking about for the next few weeks. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, number 3. They're going to Greece and it's going to be incredible. Um I are you going to see it? Probably not. No, I haven't seen any of these films. Shut up. Tell me how you really feel. Um, You've never seen like the original no, one? No, and my, my mother has seen the first film, I think, 365 times. As she should. And Once as a day, should. every day. <laughs> good. For the whole year. Cheers. Cheers. Now, I've heard the first movie is actually really good. Both. I, th- I like both. I mean, the first one is iconic. Like, so many good moments, so many funny moments. I showed Tyler it probably like a year ago and he was cracking up and he was like, wait, this is actually a funny movie. I think it's interesting how big of a gap there is between the sequels. So we well, have, yeah, because I think they made it when they were, um, 2002 was the first film and the second one didn't come out till 2016. Yeah. Because I think the two leads, I don't know their names off the top. So of we my have a uh, Nia Vardalos who also wrote the first one. I yes. wonder if she also wrote the second one. And, um, John Corbett. 
I'm I'm like pretty sure they she has written and directed all three yes big fat creek wedding movies. i think that they it took a little while but i'm pretty sure that she then was like let's do this let let you know what this is also a good sequel because they gave enough time so that they could actually have a different storyline do you want me to give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a breakdown so you know what's going on i would love to but before we get into that i just want to say i'm totally on board for this film Why? because i went on imdb and i saw the poster and Joey Fatone is in this movie. Uh, so that's all you need that's to know. That's all you need. That's all you As need. As an InSync fan, I have to go out to the theater and I have to give my money. And what to I tell Joey you, Fatone. his performance is going to blow your mind away. I can't wait. All right, give me, give okay, me. Okay, so gist. the first one, it's it's what the name gives you. It's a my big fat Greek wedding. It is about a Greek wedding that happens and all the events that take place um, around this Greek family. Can't really give you more on that. It's great. You should watch it. The second one takes place uh, maybe like 15, 16 years later where the couple that get married then have a kid who is fully grown. I think she's maybe 16 or 18 um, and he's getting ready to go to college uh, and it's about the family dealing with that. But then also there's a second wedding that happens a surprise wedding that okay. nobody expects. So I'm not going to spoil that for Please you don't. or for any of our listeners, but it's great. And then the third one, this is a spoiler. So, which they do put in the trailer, but unfortunately I believe the actor who plays the father in the first two films um, has passed away. And so in the third film, they say that the actual father has passed away. And so his honor, in his honor, they go to Greece to find his ancestors, meet the family, um, and just overall enjoy their heritage. So that is what I am going to be seeing. I think I don't remember when it comes out. I think it comes out next week. Yes. Or in a couple weeks. Yes. Should we see this together? Should we? And then should we do an episode? Go opening night. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Are you gonna be able to watch both before? Oh yeah. Tyler will come with If us. I go inside my house and I tell my mother, Mom, I'm ready to watch my big fat Greek. She'll wedding. say I've been waiting for this day. Exactly. <laughs> So yes, we'll make that happen. Wow! Wow! I am. Are you? And I think I think you might be most excited about that. Out it's of, out it's of all catapulted. The ones that I named, it's catapulted. Maybe above dream scenario. That one or Priscilla. I don't know. It's pretty tough. I think we have one film left. We do. We have one more. And this is my personally most anticipated this film. Is, that, I mean, I am excited for this one. I think a lot of people are. I think that even at the beginning of the year, if you were to ask me. <clears throat> you would have said me. this right I away. probably would have said this is number one. Nice. Um, I'm a huge Ma Martin Scorsese is probably my favorite filmmaker of all time. Um, as an Italian man, understandable. I think that uh, we have a lot <laughs> in common. In common. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I just love. <laughs> I love so many of his films, and I love how uh, diverse he is in terms of what he can create and just the level of intricacies he can put into his work. Yeah. Him working with Leo every time, sign me up. Chef's right? kiss, beautiful. You add in Robert De Niro, you add in Jesse Plemons, and you add in this whole epic that takes place with the Osage Indians. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a story that is so rich. And I love that the film, basically, he decided he wanted to take the novel and adapt it. And then basically went back and attacked it from a whole different perspective mm -hmm. with, um, I believe Terrence Winter was his co-writer on it. Um, I just want to double check. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Eric Roth. 
And Eric Roth had previously um, written, he wrote The First Dune, he wrote Curious Case Benjamin Button, he wrote Forrest Gump, Mm, he wrote The Insider. So he's done a bunch of a bunch of stuff. And I actually, I think he's done something with Leo or um, with Scorsese. Let me see. He's done Munich. He's done Ali. He's done tons of tons of great, highly acclaimed movies. So they basically took the novel and they were like, all right, we're going to keep a lot of the elements that make this story whole and what it is, but we're going to take it from a different perspective perspective. And they basically have surrounded the film with the romance of Leo's character, who is not a, a major character in the novel and Lily Gladstone's character. I think she's definitely getting nominated for this. She looks amazing in the trailers. Yeah. Uh, I heard she's like a powerhouse in it. And I think she might be the front runner probably to win as like a strong female protagonist in the Scorsese movie. Okay. Um, and I love Jesse Plemons, like everything he does. I actually recently saw Game Night. Have you ever seen Game Night? No. Game Night's great. Let's oh, see. oh, wait. Like, uh, hold on. No, I think I have. Um, Rachel McAdams, yes, Jason I Bateman. Have. Okay. I totally have. So I recently saw that, and just another reason why I love him. I think he's great in everything. But this film, I'm I'm so excited for it. It's like I said, it's been one of the highly anticipated movies for me. Um, it's coming out in October, so it's coming out relatively soon. It's a big Apple movie. Apple bought mm-hmm. it, so um, and I'm rooting for Apple. Apple does some really good stuff. They won Best me Picture too. a couple of years ago with Coda, so let's see if they can continue that trend. Yeah, let's I, say you, Liz. I think this is um, this is kind of like Leo's niche. I feel like is like a big budget movie like this that has a huge story. Because um, I'm looking at the last thing that he was in was in Don't Look Up. Which not I, my favorite. Not my favorite either. I thought that it was super off brand for him, which I mean, hey, sometimes they need to do that. Um, I think I, he was good in the movie. I, I don't think the movie as a whole is very good, but I don't I, I didn't have anything wrong with his acting in it. Yeah, I didn't love I, his I character. One dimensional, honestly. I that's don't think fair. he had I don't think he was I don't think he was doing that much. I think he was just kind of having fun, which I mean, hey, Leo doesn't get to do that. You don't very get often. to do that a lot. But a, um, I think this is his sweet spot. So I think it's going to be really good. Uh, it's also a big budget, 200, 200 yeah. mil. So, I mean. Big movie. It's going to need movie, to make a lot of money. Which I think it will. I think it's getting a lot of buzz already. It has 90, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes already. So Based on the critics that had seen it, yeah. Yes. So, that alone will get people um, to go and see it just because. And then we'll see how it does. But I have high expectations. I do too. So, I hope I'm not let down. I hope so either. I hope not I either. Hope's not. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. We've covered we covered I think ten films today. We did. There's a lot more that I think we're both anticipating, but we don't want to hold you guys forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be reviewing a lot of things. Uh, I'm sure these ten will be. We'll be talking. We'll be about talking them about. As they come out. We'll be letting you know what our opinions are. Um, if there's any that we kind of left off and you are looking forward to it, let us know so that we put it on our list and keep an eye out for it. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining us for this episode. We hope you guys uh, liked our conversation on uh, our 10 most anticipated films for the rest of the year. Uh, just signing off. I'm Darian Scalamoni. I'm Liz Seiko. And we'll see you guys next time.